Hello to all my queers and allies. Welcome to Gay Side Stories, a podcast featuring LGBT-focused topics and discussions everyone can relate to. I am your host, Trilificent. As always, you guys can check out GaySideStories.com for more information. Interact with me on social media. I'm at GaySideStories on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. TheGaySideStories.tumblr.com Or, of course, you can email me at GaySideStories at gmail.com If you're not already, you guys can subscribe on SoundCloud, on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Acast, and TuneIn. Pretty much everywhere where you plug in to listen to your favorite podcasts, you can listen to this one. You guys, please do me a favor and uh, go over to iTunes and leave a five-star review and or rating, you know, help with the visibility. And also, you guys can leave some comments on SoundCloud. I do read all of those. I want to say thank you to everyone that is listening. You could be listening to any other podcast right now, but you are listening to this one, and I appreciate you. So this week, I am not alone. As you guys can see, I have a lot of guests lined up. But this week, I have a return guest. I have with me Naj, the Chartreuse Disaster. How am I a guest if I got keys to the place? (laughs) Because your name ain't on the lease. Don't play with me. (laughs) 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 Don't play. Touche. Don't play. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, thank you for coming back, Naj. Of course, you know, I think we talked about that before when we said we were going to do this episode. So thank you for carving out some time to come and record with me. No problem. I love to uh, sit and chat. It is fun, isn't it? It's fun. You know, it's a different dynamic when you sit and you talk to your friends, but it's structured for like a podcast. It's a, it's a different dynamic. And I've, I've been appreciating that more and more with the different episodes and guests that I've been having on the show. Yeah. And it's no different with you. Yeah. So, I, guess, I mean, because everybody has just, you know, these different personalities. But, you know, you can kind of predict when you have a friend on, you can kind of predict how the conversation is going to go. So I guess it's. It can be easier sometimes or harder. Yeah. Well, I'm I won't say that I can predict it because honestly sometimes you just never know about the nuances of your friend's personality or their beliefs. Mm-hmm. So depending on the topic on the topic and the conversation, you may learn something new. Uh, but with that being said, let us see what we're going to talk about today. So let's start with the school and life segment. Um, why don't you go first? What's your school and life for this week? Well, I have two. My first is um, living alone. Yes. I recently just moved into my own apartment. Um, Hallelujah. It's been, I've been literally searching for an apartment for three years in New York. And (laughs) somehow it just happened a couple weeks ago. But um, I think it's very important just because living alone in new york is is a feat in itself just because the rent is amen. really fucking high it's and too high amen i honestly never thought i would be to a point where i could you know afford to live by myself here but now that i'm here and just getting used to my own space it's it's just very relaxing to know that there's nothing you need to, you know, there are just certain things when you live with other people that kind of stress you out just because you don't want to be the bad roommate or you just, you know, just don't want to be a mess. But yeah, not having kind of like always on alert. 
Exactly. Because there's someone else that you have to take into account. Exactly. And, you know, just to be able to come into your own space, you can use the bathroom, you can take a shower when you want, you know, just come and go as you want without having to account for somebody else. There's a lot to be said about that, especially in such a densely populated city where there's literally somebody five feet away from you at all times. Indeed. Indeed. And then my second one, um, which is why we are recording later than we scheduled, my fault, but my second one is just getting time, just taking time away from everything. I Like I just said, I've been moving. Um, I've been kind of bouncing back and forth between two jobs. Um, so there's just been a lot in my schedule for the past couple of weeks. And I just took, I said, fuck all of this. And I got up this morning and I went to the beach and it was so necessary. I kept kind of doubting myself and saying, oh no, you don't need to go because you have this to do. You have this work to finish. You have to record today. You have groceries to buy. But I was like, it's all going to get done. But I need to take a break before I lose the rest of my mind. And there's a lot to be said about that. And it's kind of, it'll kind of, I'll kind of go more into that when we talk about our main topic. But there's a lot to be said about just kind of putting something down and taking some, taking just time to do what you want to do. You know, if it's laying on the beach, going for a drive, eating something ridiculously indulgent. Um mm-hmm. You know, just take some time out if it's a couple of hours, however much you can spare, and kind of reset. And and then you have a different perspective and you feel better about going back to what it is that you have to do. Because I went to the beach and then I left the beach and got groceries and I sat in traffic for like an hour, but that whatever. And then <laughs> I'm back home and I'm back in kind of in the swing of things, getting ready for the next week. So it's really important. And I definitely encourage everybody to take the time if you can. Amen. 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 Uh, okay. So my school in life for this week is actually I have been I've been trying to up my LGBT cons- consummation of different media. So this week it was movies. Uh, I watched some movies on Netflix and Amazon Prime Video. Uh, the first video, uh, first movie, sorry, I watched was called King Cobra, and it was actually a biopic about Brent Corrigan's early career. Um, Brent Corrigan, for anyone who does not know, is a porn star um, slash actor slash producer. Um, he was a one of those like white twinks that was really popular because they're a twink. Um, and then I think he took some time off and he came back and had puck packed on a little muscle. Anyway, um, I thought that it was just a story at first using his name. But then when I did my Googles, it was like, this is actually what happened to him at his early career. The mm. movie is starring, the movie had some big names in it. It was starring Christian Slater as the porn producer and it had James Franco as a rival porn producer and Alicia Silverstone as uh, Brent's mom. Oh, wow. Right. Um, first of all, let me say, which it should it should not be a surprise, but the movie was white as hell. I mean, I think there were two black people in the entire movie and only one of them had a speaking role. That wasn't a surprise, but it was noted. 
um, James Franco's character was crazy as hell. I mean, possessive. And it's always so weird to me to see like a crazy possessive guy. But he's like the bottom. I don't know why. That's probably some kind of internalized shit that I have to deprogram. But it just always throws me off a little bit. And it's like, I'll kill you. And don't even look at anybody else. Now, fuck this ass. And you'd be like, um, oh. wait, what? <laughs> no, I, I, I kind of understand that, I guess. I don't want to call it a trope, but I understand that I can understand yeah. how that's a thing. Just because you know, you you can and you can be so passionate about something that you feel like there's this ownership over it. So, and no matter what it is, or, or you know whether you're more do- dominant or submissive. So that's very interesting to see that. But yeah. it does it, kind of it's make an sense. interesting. It's an interesting dynamic. Yeah. Um. And I mean, he was just. I mean, you could tell that. <laughs> you could tell it was like a sh- supposedly, allegedly, a straight man playing the role of like a gay bottle because he was saying the stupidest stuff while he was getting fucked. And I was like, sir, you can actually just be quiet. You can actually close your mouth and just <laughs> emote with your face. You don't need to speak. Um. The whole thing was a hot mess, and the fact that this was like someone's actual life. Like, I don't want to give the plot away, but I guess if you know anything about Brent Corrigan, basically the beginning of his career like involves a murder, and I mean, it's it was crazy. And I was like, wow, I I would not have expected all of this to to be how you started your career. Because I'm yeah, vaguely familiar I with him. I have no idea who this is, but um, right, all of this sounds like a Lifetime movie type. And of that thing. was pretty much what it was. And I mean, I was so surprised to see Christian Slater in it. I'm not surprised to see James Franco because he's. I mean, I, I don't know what Sis has going on. I don't know if he's just like I'm going to bum rush myself into being an ally, or if he, you know, on the low is. You know, doing some thing things. I don't know because it's just like yeah. every time you look up, he's like in some kind of queer role, trying or producing a queer movie, and it's just like, I mean, I, I, I guess, I don't know. It just seems weird to me. But whatever, the movie was not bad. Um, objectively speaking, I don't think it was bad. I, I think I spent so much time being shocked by who was in the movie and what was going on that I. I may not be objective in saying whether or not the movie was bad. I mean, not everybody was good. Don't get me wrong. Some of the acting was like, girl. But what can you do? Um, the second movie I watched uh, is called Man to Man, A Gay Man's Guide to Finding Love. And this was more like a documentary. Uh, the movie ended with about seven different things on, you know, how or I guess a, the actual guide of finding love so i want to i did write those down so the first one was deal with your baggage and basically that was saying you know all your daddy issues and your mommy issues all that shit you need to deal with that prior to trying to find love Mm -hmm. um find your soulmate which was basically saying you need to learn to look past the physical without giving yourself uh without doing it falsely not to say because a lot of people say, oh, well, looks don't matter, which I think is false because, and I think I've said this before on this show, 
when you say looks don't matter, I get what the the sentiment is. You know, they don't have to look like a movie star or anything, but you have to be attracted to the person. Right. I mean, there's a I think there's a small percentage of people who who their physical attraction is based through emotion and the relationship. But most people, especially gay men, he don't have to be the finest, but he has to be fuckable to you. And I think that was kind of what it was saying. Um, the next one was expand your horizons, which I'm I'm actually going to expand on that on a future episode about you know types and all of that kind of stuff. I think I've talked about it a little bit on an episode, but I want to dedicate a whole episode to that. The next one was improve yourself. Basically, you know, while you're in between or while you're looking for love, do do things to make to to better yourself, whether it's physical, emotional, or mental or spiritual. Um, give. I'm sorry. Better to give than receive. I don't remember what the what the lesson behind that one was, but I think that's just a good overall general lesson. Uh, the next one: think with your heart. Basically, don't let your penis drive your emotions. Which how many times have we heard that and said that? As it applies to the gay community. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one was don't give up. Which girl? And the last one was we are all human. Nobody's perfect. So if you guys are interested, you know, they had a lot of they were interviewing um, some gay couples and then they had some a lot of single guys that they were interviewing. They had, a, you know, they had some a little diversity. They had some black guys they had a black couple and a single black guy. And they had, you know, some other guys. Um, they had some psychologists and, and different things. So it, it was interesting just to see how they put that together. Uh, and the last movie I watched is called Daddy. Let me say this, friends and foes <laughs> and whoever else is out there. Daddy is a superbly fucked up movie. I it was you know what that movie was? That movie was like it was like a white gay version of one of the more particularly fucked up listener letters from the read. Like that movie oh, was shit. that fucked up. I don't want to give the plot away because then you'll, I mean, you'll see, but well, the name, anybody, the name feels very, very indicative, but yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, put, use your context clues. The name of it is daddy. Tweet me if you've seen this movie, you know, we can talk about it. Uh, I will say that the lead of the movie, it was the, it, the same guy that was like the hypersexual bear that was into the younger guy in that movie. I think it's called bear city. The same older white white guy that uh, was in that movie. So that was my school in life, you know, just watching these movies, trying to watch more movies and see what's out there. You know, I, I feel like I there's more effort to be done to find movies with people of color, especially good ones. Um, but this this past week, I didn't put that effort into it. I was like, well, let me just see what's on Netflix, and I was like, well, Netflix, you you. You need to get your shit together. Let me go on over to Miss Amazon Prime Video and see what she's giving. And she gave a little, so... Oh, she gives a bit, yeah. I love her. Yeah. So, uh, let's move into our main topic. So, I think we... I'm not sure if we said it on the show, but we definitely talked about it uh, amongst ourselves about talk uh, having a conversation about work, how it relates to your sexuality, and how you conduct yourself at work. 
Um, so I actually want to start off with telling some stories from work. Uh, I have two stories, so I'll go first. I'm not sure how many you have. Um, one of them think, is, go ahead. I think, um, yeah, I only have two. Nothing, you know, nothing crazy. Okay. But they can change based on what you're saying because you probably have the same <laughs> stories as I do. Maybe. I have one, just a, just a, a work story, and then I have one that's more gay related mm-hmm. um so i'm gonna start with the with the regular regular is not the right mm. word with the well. non the non-gay story <laughs> um i call this story you mad girl so i was working <laughs> at this <laughs> i was working at this company and i had this co-worker she was african i want to say she was nigerian because that's usually the case with stories like these, and you guys will see why as I get more into the story. Um, and I remember they, I, I got all these warnings prior to really getting in the trenches and working with her about, oh, it's cultural differences. Um, you know, you just have to blah, blah. You have to watch yourself or you have to, you know, be mindful because of the cultural differences. And I quickly learned that cultural differences is what they would tell you about somebody who is abrasive as fuck and act like they don't have no goddamn home training mm-hmm. and you know me homie don't play that like if we at work i don't give a damn where you from you respect me i respect you and we can get this work done and i can take my black ass home absolutely so uh i remember she was just doing the most just just rude as hell demanding which i don't mind demanding but I don't do well with demanding and being, I don't do well with rude at work, being rude and condescending and, and basically implying that I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know my job and all those types of things. All of that is a no go for me. I don't get paid. I don't get up out of my warm, comfortable bed and put on my clothes and drive on these raggedy ass Houston streets to come to work for you to be in my face with some bullshit, madam. And that really goes for anybody. Right. So uh, a coworker and I, we ended up filing a complaint with HR because we had talked to our managers about the woman and they were no help because they just kept on with the, well, it's cultural differences. And I was like, now, see, now, if I come up here and I get to raise in hell, then it's, it's not going to be no cultural difference. It's going to be uh, an employment difference, as in I ain't going to be employed anymore. Right. So I was like, you know, if we're someone needs to talk to her. So we went to HR. She was livid like if you looked up livid on wikipedia her picture is going to be there (laughs) (laughs) she was pissed and i remember i came to work one day and i was walking down the hall and she when i tell you she stormed up to me you know those people who walk like real real hard at work and you can hear them they on the second floor but they walk so hard you can hear them on like the ninth floor she stormed up to me and her eyes were like wide and wild and were as red as a stick of big red gum. And she go, I mean, just superbly, just superbly aggressive. Irate. Yes, irate. All of the all of the SAT words to describe anger is what she embodied. <laughs> and she go, <laughs> and I will never ever forget this because she runs up to me and she's looking at me. She's like, "Do you have something to say to me?" And I said what the fuck and I'm just and I 
I was caught off guard, so I was trying not to laugh in her face because I knew that was gonna make it worse. But I was right. like, "Wow!" I was like, "Ma'am, why are you running up to me like this?" Run so I had to hurry. Right. So I had to hurry up and dodge out of the way so that she wouldn't see me laugh. And also because HR had already told us not to engage. They were like, "If she comes back and she, you know, is, is off the wall, she on some thriller shit after Michael turned into a zombie, <laughs> then she, you know, just don't engage." So uh, not too long after that, she was actually let go. And it was on a Friday. And we came back to work the next Monday. And one of the glass doors, like at the back of the building, had been shattered. And we got like this email from the company that said, oh, you know, a rock from one of the lawnmowers flew and it hit the door, shattered the door. And we used to joke that it was really that woman that broke that glass after she was being escorted out because she was pissed off she was being fired. Um, oh, wow. And that was it. That was one of my, you know, zanier stories from work. So how about you, Naj? What story do you have from your places of employment? Well, I mean, I feel like this goes beyond places of employment, but I feel like it's always, there's always one. I've been in the workforce for, you know, well over 10 years now. And we old Lord Jesus. Right. But it's like every company I go to, I have to have this girl. Don't I don't know your gay friend. I don't want to know your gay friend. You don't have a cute friend for me to meet. I, you know, I even had to go as far as I had to come for this bitch's wig because (laughs) She, she must, she just didn't know who she was fucking with, but I was working at undisclosed place somewhere nearby in the city I live now, but we won't go there. But, um, there was this one girl, she was kind of like a young mom, like a girl who had a baby when she was like 17, 18. So something happened where she was showing the, the showing you know the the girls in the office a picture of her son and I was just like I was standing by waiting on the elevator as she was doing it and then she comes around and she was like don't don't be looking at my son first of all bitch your son can't do shit for me because he don't even live here and what kind of creep do you think I am and also bitch fuck you (laughs) like bitch your child is probably I mean I think her son was like maybe 17 16, 17 I'm like first of all he can't do shit for me because I'm not really that that this whole thing doesn't make any sense and why would you why would you try my wig like that so right. I was like no, actually no bitch this is you know I, of course I had to put I had to make it corporate friendly but I was like first of all what you won't do is but you know I feel like every time you meet that one girl in the in the office she comes you know she comes shuffling over to you she wants to talk about Beyonce or she wants to hair or nails or fashion or fashion well especially with me because you know I um I don't really do well with like corporate dress because I wear, I, wear, I wear bright clothes, I wear fitted clothes, I wear what I feel like 
I mean, it's still work appropriate, but I'm, you know, I wear, um, I wear like brightly, brightly colored pants and sweaters and things like that. So, you know, I'm always getting like, ooh, give me that shirt or ooh, give me this or you got to take me shopping. First of all, um, if I told you my rate, you would not want me to take you shopping. So don't go there. And secondly, you can't fit none of this, miss, with them, with those, uh, with those, those dinner rolls on the back of your arms you can't fit none of this don't go there with me you know it's just like i feel like there's always a woman who tries you know she tries to just slide up in your business and you know worry about who you fucking and shit but like girl this i'm here to work i don't have time for this i am here to work that is the most important lesson out of all of this i am here to work man right so you know that and you know, there's there's just like the the random stories that you run into between run, interactions with management, the all the straight boys who scoop by and and are you know squeamish about interacting with you. Shout out to the ones who don't do that, but you know, there's always the ones who who get nervous to interact with you because. I guess they think they're cute enough for you to actually want to try to talk to them or like even risk your job to engage in or in whatever with them. Like, please, you ain't worth, you ain't worth this check. And even if you were, get out of my face anyway on GP. And plus, we work at the same place. So I know how much money you make it and around, you know, more or less, I know how much you make it. So you can't do shit for me. (laughs) Fuck. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, so it's just like one of it's like one thing after the other. They're just interesting dynamics that you you experience while working in, you know, just mainstream corporate America. Um yeah. and even between that and like service industry shit like retail and, and hospitality, that's just I feel like a whole different world, but it is because I, I I didn't even include I, I kind of included a story about that from when I was younger, but not really getting into the the actual work at part of it. Um, right. So my next story, I, <laughs> my next story, I actually call this "Gaze on Aisle three. So <laughs> <laughs> join me, friends. Let's get into our time capsule and go back more than a decade ago when I was a teenager and I was working in a grocery store. Um, I had this bisexual slash lesbian. She wasn't sure. So that's why I said both, because if you don't know, then I certainly don't know. But I had a coworker. She was either bisexual or lesbian. I think she was a, let me not say that. Anyway, I had this coworker and then there was this black guy kind of thin uh had some glasses and like a fade and he was like one of those young militant black guys like he just had such a a a harsh attitude all the time Mm -hmm. um somehow i don't know how but somehow this girl weaseled out of both of us that we both like boys on separate occasions, of course, because I used to work in the what do you what do they call it? Like the business center. Mm-hmm. And I think he was a sacker and she was like a checker. So she could, you know, she was out there talking to him all the time. And then every now and then she would come up to the booth when I didn't have customers and talk to me. So, of course, 
because you know everyone has this thought that if you gay and you gay then y'all should be gay together and i was like oh sis but um i was like i mean at least the boy's not ugly so i guess so he actually uh, this is a testament to the times and my age he actually wrote me a letter like a handwritten letter and she delivered it I don't remember what the letter said. Uh, I do remember I wrote him back and we kind of decided that, uh, you know, we liked each other. So he started coming around and hanging out at the business center booth where I was oh, whenever I was God. working there. I mean, you know, 16, we don't have no, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, well, that's fair. Yeah. Because um, listen. listen, I mean, mm, mm-mm-mm. Uh, so I didn't have it together at 23, so I don't have it together at 33, so I'm not even gonna sit up here <laughs> and play no games with y'all. Okay. I am just figuring it out as I go along, make it up as you go, fake it till you make it. So, we ended up hanging out outside of work like once. Um, I don't even remember what all we did, I don't think we like did anything physical. We may have kissed, I don't think we did mm-hmm. because you know, when you're young and you don't. Well, let me not say that because I mm, let me just move on. <laughs> so uh, mm-hmm. after we hung out a little bit after that, we had the. Oh, I can't be gay, so we can't hang out. He he had that revelation. And really, that was that after he said it's, that. Hold I was, on, Curtis. I'm sorry. I need to go pick up my eyes off of the off of the floor in the bathroom because they have rolled out of my head. And I'm making mm-hmm. a run for it because ridiculous, mm-hmm. ridiculous. Continue. I mean, grant, granted, you know, we were 16, but at the same time, it's like, boy, you know, you like boys. She know you like boys. I know you like boys. Your mama probably know you like. Everybody know you like boys. But I get it. Everybody's yeah. journey is different. And I was like, I mean, okay, because I wasn't tripping. I didn't give a damn. It wasn't like I was invested. Um. So I actually fast forward. And we communicated on uh, Adam for Adam years later. And when I tell you that this young man went through a transformation, I mean like a Sailor Moon transformation. And I used used Sailor Moon because it is accurate. I'm not trying to be funny about that. Like it was a Sailor Moon transformation. So I ended up seeing him at a club that we used to have here in Houston called Bartini. Oh, Bart, listen. I think Many a memory at Bartini. Many a memory. West Timer. Yes. Um, I I think we saw each other maybe like a week after we after we saw each other on A for A. And when I say he was a completely different person, like he went from he went from like Huey Freeman to like Contisha Jones. He was, <laughs> he was not that there's anything, of course, there's nothing wrong with being femme, but when you haven't seen someone in a long time and then the last time you talk to them, they're basically telling you, I don't like boys and I don't like that gay shit. Oh, and then they come. Oh, he's one of those. And then he came back. You know, I mean, he was skinny, skinny, skinny. He was femme. He had like a boa around his shoulders and was wearing like hot pink and red. He was definitely at the club dressed in the latest city trans fashions. So 
I was just like, oh, okay. I mean, I'm just caught off guard because that was not what you were expecting. But we exchanged pleasantries because I don't, you know, it's not like I had a reason to hold anything against him. Right. We explained we exchanged pleasantries and he I remember he told me he was like okay well you know we'll talk later on the pewter and I had to think about it. I was like, what the fuck is a pewter and I was like is he saying computer uh, okay mm-hmm. sure but that was it girl. that was the last time I heard it I remember his name but I'm not gonna say it on the show but I just oh but you can text it to me though mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't remember his last name I remember his first name but um I think that was the first time I had ever seen a transformation like that. And I was like, well, good for you. You are walking in your truth and you are living your 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 full life and you are out here. I want I mean, Loki, I think he he did that kind of cliche thing was like, OK, well, I'm film. And in order, you know, part of the film initiation package is to be a scammer. So I was like, no, you can't have none of my information, girl, but it's nice to see you. Bye. You know, make sure you oh, get wow. some of them chicken nuggets from Wendy's, girl. Because remember when, when uh, that Wendy's used to be open across oh, the yeah. street from Bartini? And we would fuck, them, fuck that parking lot up every Listen, week. The, I mean, the whole entire club would basically transfer from the club to the parking lot outside of the Wendy's. Every, that was like, and some people didn't even go in the club. They just stayed in the parking lot. Because I've done that a few times. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Why pay when you gonna get the whole experience right there in the club? Anyway. Right, it's, it's all like the way the drinks outside. Are that good. No, they they weren't, and I wasn't even <laughs> old enough to drink back then. But they weren't. Mm-hmm. But, but you yeah, get what you you get what you can get when you when you, you can't. Buy you get what you get when you're a young whippersnapper. Exactly. I mean, yeah, we we may have to make do a whole show just about like the drinks and the nightlife. <laughs> <laughs> club stories. Listen, club <laughs> stories because child, I mean, between New Orleans and Houston and New York, I have quite a few from oh, yeah. all different angles. So if you if you ever want to just sit and dish about like this one time I had so much to drink, I jumped out of the car and did a, a whole Beyonce choreography. <laughs> you know, we can definitely have one of those conversations. I bet. And it's funny because I have never been a club person. Like I only I have a finite number of stories cuz that's just never been my wave. Me either. But, you know, we all have had those types of things. So anyway, uh do you have another work story? Um yeah, this one's just kind of funny because it kind of shows the way, the person that I was back then, and it's just funny funny to kind of laugh about it now. But I was twenty years old, and I was working at some you know office services firm in Houston. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was, you know, I feel like your 20s and like until like 25, that's kind of where you go through this temp job phase where you work, you know, most of the year as a temporary employee and then just hope to get hired as a full time. But um, I was a temp at this company and um, I can't remember what it was. I can't remember where I was going and why I did it. But um it was like dress down Friday and I think there was just like I think it might have been around around Pride, you know, splash, whatever. 
I think it was around that. So I just felt like I just needed to turn up. But, um, you know, corporate America is typically business casual and you wear jeans on Fridays. And I wore jeans on Friday. But this was during my phase, kind of like the story you just explained where the the guy had like this, you know, I call it a turnabout phase where they kind of just go back and forth between the masculine and feminine identities with themselves. So I was kind of in that in that phase. So I decided that I was going to show up to work with a pair of skinny jeans. I mean like tight skinny jeans. And I had on like a sweater that was a little bit too small because I felt like that was just the thing to dress like all of my clothes shrunk in the dryer. <laughs> but I decided to also put on with these skinny jeans and it was like May or something. It was, I don't know, it was some weird temperature where what I had on didn't make sense. But I had this sweater that had a hole in it. So I cut the sleeves off and decided to wear them as leg warmers to the office. Oh my. And I was like the youngest person there. And um, again, you know, going back to my first story where you get those girls that kind of just like, they, they want to be your work hag. And, you know, they kind of just hype you up and, 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 you know, enable the crazy shit that you want to do. So there was this one girl and every time I would, I would hit the hallway that she worked on. She would step out into the aisle and then we would have like this runway competition thing where we would kind of like march down the hall as if we were in, you know, the Dolce Gabbana spring summer collection show or whatever. And I hit that hallway and I just sat and pranced down the hall with her for like a good 30 minutes across the entire office with these leg warmers on and my midriff showing because my sweater was too small. And I was just making, I was causing so much attention. I had like three managers come to me and be like, get it together. Take all that shit off and, and come back inside when you've gotten yourself together. And I was kind of like belligerent about it at first. And I'm like, what the fuck? This is what I want to wear. I'm going to do what I want. And, you know, shortly after I bleached my hair completely blonde, walked into the office, dyed it again the next day. And I was just, I, I say all of this to say, I was just in this weird phase in my life where my my social identity and who I wanted to be outside of work was more important to me than actually work. And, you know, as a result, I ended up not getting that full-time position that I wanted. I ended up getting they ended my t my assignment early because I was just being such a distraction and nobody really, nobody really want, I wasn't worth all of the headache. So they were like, girl, you can take them leg warmers and run right up out of here with them because we don't need any <laughs> of this shit. You know, so it just, it, it says a lot to the way my priorities shifted between then and now because you know, I question myself about certain things I wear at work, and I'm like, is this too much? But, you know, that was a definitely yeah, it a funny is, time. It is still um, something to be mindful of. We're not at a, we're not at a point where it's like you can literally wear whatever you work to every job. You know, some right. jobs, they're lenient on that stuff, but some jobs, they're like, look, we're here to work. And like you were saying, your outside identity is just that 
Mm-hmm. It needs to be outside. You need to leave that shit at home. And when you come to work, don't be up in here prancing around and doing power ranger flips down the goddamn aisles and shit. Mm-hmm. We have work to do. So yeah. it's something that, you know, I'm glad you told that story because it's something that I think sometimes some of the younger uh, people in the community, they struggle with that. It's like, well, you yeah. know, it shouldn't be like that. I should be able to wear whatever I wear, want to wear to work. And to a, to a, to a degree, I agree. But yeah, absolutely. at the same time, you have to be mindful of the fact that you are not in charge. So you're not in charge. And I feel like, you know, if you if you're just getting started with work, if you're just entering the workforce, all of those things don't don't really don't really mesh well, especially if you live in a more conservative environment like Right. I, I wear some things to work now that if I were still in in, in Houston or in, in yeah in Houston because they're far they're extremely conservative in my opinion in, in terms of corporate America but certain things I wear to work now I would get a side eye here and there about you know if I were to if I were to wear this because I had one of my the last jobs I worked when I was living in Houston I had this whole conversation about dress code and management was just kind of adamant about the fact that we needed to wear shirts with collars on them or and i was like but i don't like i don't like wearing button down shirts i don't really like wearing shirts with collars because they don't they really don't fit my body the way that i think they should so i'd rather wear like you know um a light sweater in the summertime or like a polo shirt for you know special for certain instances but I felt like I had to combat that. And again, I was like 26 at the time. So it just shows how you learn to just kind of play the game. Not necessarily play the game, but you just like, you don't want the unnecessary attention because that's what they look at when it's time to start making, you know, staff cuts and right. it's time for reviews. When review time comes around, exactly. review season, you really have to. You have to know your audience, I think, mm-hmm. is the big thing. Mm-hmm. And maybe one day we'll get to the point where it is free and you can wear whatever the fuck you want to wear wherever you are. But I think right now it's not that way. And you have to be mindful. You have to pick your battles. Now, if they're coming down on you for something that you know that they shouldn't, like dress code is one thing. You know, now if they're just coming, you you wearing some regular stuff, a blouse or whatever, and they're like, okay, you know, your titties are showing too much, and it's like, this does. I don't even have any cleavage showing. That kind of stuff, yes, fight yeah. back, push back on that. But you know, if you're in there, in your in your Adventure Time T-shirt and hat, <laughs> exactly. with, you know, like a rainbow tail coming out of your jeans, it's like you really, you just have to know your audience, know your place. Some places will let you get away with a lot some places they don't play that shit so it's important right. to know where you are because you have to place your priorities like you said is my is my outside identity and the style of dress that i have is it more important than this job because if it is then quit and go do your own thing and exactly live your life but if you need that job and you need that job to make ends meet you all i'm saying is pick your battles right because so, I, even now i feel like you know, in the summertime, women in the office get to wear sandals. And I've always felt like, you know, 
I want to wear sandals to work too. I mean, I'm not gonna wear the Chinese store flip flops or some, or some, you know, or some dollar flip flops from H and M or whatever the case. But I'm definitely gonna, you know, I'll get like a leather sandal and it may, and it'll be, it'll be stylish and 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 I feel like more more of a shoe than than half of the half of the shoes I've seen some of the women in my office wear but if I were to walk in that office with with a, a flip-flop on somebody would be looking at me like I'm crazy and right. you know you I just that's them, not you walk in there with them Fenty slides and they're gonna be like you can slide your ass listen, right up on out of here exactly and I'm like I really don't want to hear anybody's shit so I'm just gonna wear this good you know this good leather tom and that's gonna be my that's just, that's just gonna be as close as I'm gonna get because I don't want to deal with that extra attention because I'm too busy, first of all, to have to go and deal with dress code issues because that takes away from the time I have to work. So, again, it's like when I leave, I will put on some shorts and put on some, put on a pair of sandals, put a tank top on, and I'll be fine. So it's just like you're there for, well, for me, I work seven hours a day. And, you know, you're there for seven hours a day, eight hours a day, whatever, but, you know, you just kind of have to deal with that until you have free or free time on the weekends. Do whatever right. you want, you know. Right. Go live your best life. It's it's just it's a it's a reality of working in corporate America. So right. speaking of working in corporate America, I want to talk a little bit about some of the shortcomings and improvements as far as uh, the workplace and how it relates to LGBT the LGBT community. So uh, yeah. first, what are some shortcomings that you think are that you think there are in the workplace in regards to LGBT acceptance and inclusion? I think for the most part, I just haven't seen any gestures of inclusion. Um, mm-hmm. I, of course, we have our, our champion companies like Target and in a lot of the the newer companies that incorporate lgbt and pride and inclusion and diversity in their branding company wide not just with a just with hr within the in the internal uh communications but they say this is this is what target supports as a brand and they they allow just you know from as a as a target customer they allow their employees to be who they are, and I don't see that in terms of corporate America for the most part. I haven't really, I've never worked at an office that um, that that had that that presents a pride message or an inclusion message to the employees, and I think that is important on a number of levels because I think we need to give the message to the lgbt employees yes we uh, we understand that you are not you know we understand that you're not the same as everyone else and we we understand that everyone is different and we accept you no matter how you are and i think on the other hand that kind of, that message goes out to those to those non lgbt employees and say hey bitch get the homophobic bullshit out of here because this is what we're about and you can fuck with somebody if you want to but that's 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 your business and 
that basically that I feel like the message goes both ways to say we support you and we're not going to let anybody fuck with you and we understand and support all of the diversity that exists within our our workforce and I see it for cultural you know no matter what religion what what race you are you know that's I feel like that's kind of just the default message for corporations but I don't ever see hey, we support you as a LGBT member and don't ever feel afraid to be yourself at work. I think that's kind of a message that's just not happening. And it's not really about letting you do certain things, but we just want you to know that you're included no matter what you may feel or may think. You're always included in this in this workforce because you you're one of our employees. I never see that. Right. I agree with that. I think that a lot of people automatically, especially white people, Mm. people go to work and they often, like you were saying, they expect everyone to be the same and they don't even think about, I'm going, I'm not at home. I'm not around my friends. I'm not around people that I'm familiar with. This is a whole different ballpark. And I need to be mindful that there are people that are going to be different and that's okay. And I don't have a right to to demand that everyone around me and everyone that I work around is the same as me if I am not the one that's in charge. Like, if it's your company and that's what you want to do, I mean, I'm pretty sure that the government is going to be like, no, girl, you can't do that. But mm-hmm. do what you, But when you go to work, you are an employee like everyone else. Don't go to work thinking that everybody is supposed to be the same. Don't right. go to work thinking that that everyone is supposed to have the same the same hairs cut and do the same things with their life and everyone's supposed to have kids and go on a soccer practice and t-ball practice like you know everyone is different and you need to be mindful and respectful of that i think also uh one of the shortcomings is that people think that participating in a potluck or going to lunch together means that they have a right to all of your personal business especially if they have any type of suspicions that you deviate from what they consider the norm right i don't know if you've ever experienced that but i've experienced that was like okay you 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 come out of your shell a little bit and you speak to women and you and they're like oh you know let's go get some biscuits at the red lobster and you're like all right well you know i like a biscuit so i'll i'll ride with you and then the next thing you know they ask you all these personal questions and they're getting all up in your business and and that's oh, not yeah. I mean, let's not even count to. the amounts of times that women that I work with have asked me, you know, they, they don't know how to phrase it correctly, but I've definitely been asked the top or bottom question. And I'm like, ma'am, there's no reason for you to know to need to know that. Right. And I mean, I've had men that's like, OK, well, now that we've gone to lunch or something and now everything's a little bit more comfortable. You know, what's up? Why don't you have a wife? Why don't you? You know what I mean? They start and they and they think they're slick. They're framing the questions in a way that's like, oh, it's not offensive. If I just come out of bed, well, you gay or not. If I ask you, why don't you have a wife? Where are your kids at? Why don't you do this? You don't watch sports that you know what I mean? All of those those masculine tropes. And they think that they're getting over. They think that you don't know what it is that they're really trying to ask. So that needs to be tucked in. Get that shit together. And I also know for a fact that a lot of trans people and flamboyant men are often found unacceptable in a lot of workplaces. And that's a big shortcoming. Yeah, because I mean, again, I I was in that place before. 
And, you know, I felt like at one point I felt like I would never get out of working in retail. And of course, there's obviously nothing wrong with working in retail, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to, I, there was just, I think certain things I wanted to explore in terms of the workforce. And I had certain talents that I thought I would never be able to use because of, I couldn't get out of retail because of the way that I acted, the way that I I dressed, whatever. Yeah, Eventually, I came out of that. Yeah. But, you know, I think that's, I'm, I, I can't help but wonder if other, you know, other people have been in that place before and, you know, somebody Definitely. in that place because they feel like, oh, well, you know, working in an office doesn't allow me to do this and then I won't be accepted at if I dress like this or if I act like this. So, or if I'm just myself, because exactly. I personally, like I've never seen any trans people in corporate America. Exactly. You know, I don't know if they have that, if they would, I'm, well, I can not that I don't know the fact that I can even say that I don't see them. I've never seen that Me either. leads you to know, you know, that they're not accepted. Like the only places that I usually see trans people working are like, fast food places like it's hard for them to even get jobs you know and that's a big shortcoming yeah absolutely and I think it's interesting because what I have seen I guess in terms of majority I haven't even seen you know either there's obviously the guys who are not out and they you know they work they work in in the closet per se and you know they're the they're the guys who are like me that don't really give a fuck and then mm-hmm. you know i don't see many of me i don't see the the, the gays you know, that come in and th- it's not it's not something that they're hiding we're i'm like girl you know i'm here i'm here to work and anything you right. have, you know because i understand i can understand why um someone wouldn't want to be out at work because of all the things that we're discussing now but at mm-hmm. the same time, I know how to tell a bitch to get out of my business because that's not, I don't feel, I, I don't get paid to talk, to, to discuss that with you. And right. I'm not telling you, don't ask me who I think is cute in the office. Don't ask me who I think is gay in the office. Don't ask me if I have a boyfriend. Don't ask me if I'm having sex. That's none of your business. And quite frankly, it's all inappropriate for the workplace, even if I was straight. Don't ask me that shit because this right. is not what we come to work for. Right, but a lot of people feel like that's that's how you connect with people at work, and it's not. Like, not. stop being lazy. Again, stop thinking everybody is like you. Right. And and either don't talk to people on a personal level or learn how to how to have a conversation about things other than sex and and all of the physical, like. Right. I know I know more things about things out here. my coworkers. Like I know that I know about their kids. I know where they live. I know what they do in their spare time. Those are things that mm-hmm. I talk to people about at work. I'm not really I don't care who I don't care who you're having sex with, even if it's somebody right. in the office. And that's a listen. I certainly don't care about that because <sighs> what you're not gonna do is involve me in the bullshit. But anyway, that we can get down a rabbit hole on that. Listen, so okay. let's talk, let's flip the coin, and let's talk about some of the improvements that you think. Or let let me re, let me phrase it this way: What are some improvements that you would enact in the workplace to help LGBT people feel more comfortable and included? So for me, I um. 
based basically off of what we just said, I would definitely have a ban about asking people about their sexuality mm-hmm. and about their genitals. Don't talk to me about yours. I don't care who you having sex with. I don't care that your wife just got a brand new pussy pump and she is loving it. And mm-hmm. y'all are, you know, I don't care that, you know, you decided that things weren't going well in the bedroom. So you went and got you a, a cock sheath. And now your wife is is happy. I don't want to. None of that needs to be discussed at work. And if you do, it's a problem. And you need yeah. to be mindful of that. And don't get comfortable. And like, well, we've worked together long enough, so now I can I can say whatever I want to, and I can be inappropriate. Cause ha ha, it's like it's all good. We're a family, right? No, we are not a family. You need to get your shit together. Shut your ass up none and keep it the like hell professional. Um, another thing that I would say is. I would definitely encourage an office culture that does not assume that everyone is married with kids. Yes. Basically, you know, my my mind is if you don't go to my cubicle or my work area and see pictures of a husband or a wife and kids, don't ask me about that shit. If you see a picture, you know, here's a a family and there's 7,000 kids in this picture and everybody's smiling. And, you know, some people looking like, where's the goddamn food and where the snacks? Where's the Capri Sun, bitch? Then feel free to ask. Come on, Caprice. Feel free to have a conversation. But if I don't have any of those personal effects in my cubicle, don't come to me assuming, oh, you know, you have a wife, you have a, where are your kids at? Daughter, you are in my business, especially if I am working and you interrupt me to ask me that shit. Right. Don't do that. You you know, I would want to foster a work environment where people understand that everyone is different. And you need to figure out a different way to relate to people. You know, I get it. Everyone owes kids and blah, 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 blah. There are arenas where that is appropriate. You know, you going to you want to connect with other people that have kids and all that kind of stuff. Go to a goddamn PTA meeting. Don't come to work talking about where your kids at. Um, and oh, well, I can't believe you aren't married. Well, a guy like you, why aren't you married? Because I don't fucking want to be. Why are you asking me these things? Why are you in my business? Why aren't you at your desk working? What does this if have to do sh- with the work? What does this have to do with the work? And if you have a kind of, if you have that kind of job where y'all don't really work, and whatever the case may be, there are so many topics under the sun to talk about. Why does it always have to go back to? wife kids husband sex sexuality all of those all of the personal stuff like you are in my personal business and we are co-workers we're not friends like how is how is you knowing my sexuality and whether or not i have a boyfriend whether or not i'm a top or a bottom whether or not i watch real housewives of atlanta all that kind of stuff well not the last one, but the first ones, you know, talk about all that. How does that affect you? How, like when you go home at night, how is that? How is that enriching your life? How is that helping us have a closer work relationship? If you know whether or not I take or give dick, that does not make any sense to me. You need to stop that shit. You need to stop trying to put people in the box so that you can quote unquote understand. Ain't that it? And you need to come your ass to work and work. <laughs> shit or don't work I don't really care if you come to work and you don't do shit but watch you know you w- sitting here watching Iron Fist on Netflix all day that does not bother me I don't give a damn what you do unless you're I'm dependent on your work in which case then we'll have a problem but if we just work in the same office and we don't have to work together 
you don't need to be in my business because I certainly am not going to be in your business. I don't give a fuck. I don't care right. about, I mean, I don't want this to sound, I don't want people to take this to wrong. And you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. And I said what the fuck I said. I, I don't care I about said. your kids. I don't care about your kids. I don't care about your husband. I don't care about your wife. I don't care about somebody having a, I don't care about you getting a divorce. I don't care about that infidelity. I don't, I don't care if you are going through a Kendu Isaac situation. I don't care. I am the person at work that is basically like, do not come around me. I've said this before. Don't breathe around. Don't even do your best not to even be alive around me while I'm at work. <laughs> All right. Like I already have to dedicate 40 hours to you sons of bitches yes. or more or more. And that does not include the time that I got to get up and the prep work that you got to do on the on the weekend to get ready for the work week. That does not include the traffic that you got to sit in to get to and from work. I dedicate too much of my life to be up here. I am here to collect a check so that I can have some semblance of a life when I leave this building. Right. I don't want to sit here talking to you about my motherfucking personal business because you're not a part of my personal life. So right. you need to make that distinction and that distinction needs to be upheld. So those are my things. So what do you have as far as improvements that you would like to see or that you would make in the workplace I and mean, give trans people jobs. Let these trans people come to work. They smart and they talented just like the rest of us. They know different. Exactly. And you know, I, they probably just, do better job than your bitch ass, but we're not even going to get into that. Hello. I, I think in terms of things that I would just imp I would implement are very very similar to yours um, because I think you know you go to work and you do these these trainings where you watch these videos about you know what's whatever it's called professionalism interpersonal relations sexual harassment because quite frankly if you're discussing anything related to me being gay, straight, I, I'm not sure, whichever way the wind blows, anything you're asking me or discussing with me in regards to my sexual, my sexual life or my sexual experience, I quite frankly feel like that's sexual harassment because you asking me about shit that really has nothing to do with you. How is this, how is this a value to you? And, you know, I just, I, I agree with you to say a lot of these things need to be, we, I think there needs to be more enforcement and more zero tolerance of these things as it relates to sexual orientation. Because yes, we just, we, we get, we get the message about religion, we get the message about race, we get the message about all of these other factors, but I don't feel like at least in my experience, I don't feel that sexual identity or, or gender identity and orientation is enforced enough. So I feel like it just kind of gets, it's like a lot of employees are turning a blind eye to it. So I definitely would, would just kind of beat people over the head with it because sometimes I think that they need to be, you know, it's just like, why after all of these years are you still worrying about somebody else's sexual orientation and that, that goes in, within and outside of the workplace like right. you know what does that have to do with your life what does that have to do with this with this excel spreadsheet come on 
What does that have to do with this PowerPoint presentation? What does this have to do about this email that you need to send or that I need to send? What does this have to do with the upcoming meeting, this conference call? What does it have to do with anything? Because at the end of the day, literally, you're going to your place where you live, I am going to my place where I live, and we are not going to have any interaction. And what I'm doing, I promise you, bitch. You won't. What feel I'm doing thing. at home, you won't. You won't know about it unless I tell you. So guess what? That means my sexual orientation, my gender identity, and anything else under the sun has no bearing on you or this work. At Get home. to work to work because you don't need to be straight to to, to open Outlook. You don't be, need to be straight to master any skill that your specific industry requires for you to do this job you don't have to be gay straight or otherwise you need to have a brain and be intelligent and right you need a to will be competent to do work because it's yeah, your I competence feel like we're the ones paying attention we're the ones worried more about the work because we the ones because you're so busy worrying about what i'm doing when i'm not at work Right. It's like I'm not sucking dick at work, girl. What the fuck? Like Right. And I listen. It's look, like I'm oh, I need sure to know because I'm I'm scared. They act like they scared if they come into the office one day, you're going to have you know, you're going to be getting a train ran on you on a copy machine or something. Okay. It's like y'all are so fucking ridiculous. Like I'm here to work and get my money and go home. Right. Meanwhile, all of the, all of the tea that I get about people fucking at work is with the straight with the straight people like well, y'all y'all are the ones that anyway we, we don't even have to do that we don't have to do it on today no not mm -hmm. on today because okay so let's three hours three damn hours okay so let's wrap up this conversation i just want to run through some workplace pet peeves they may eat they may even be some petty peeves shout out to our sisters jade and kia at the getting grown podcast so uh my had a pe to the tty honey yes so uh my first workplace pet peeve is warming up fish in the motherfucking microwave <laughs> you leave fish. your motherfucking salmon at the hell home do not bring that shit to the workplace warming that shit up got the whole goddamn office smelling like rancid gumbo in this bitch smelling like a fucking Marina, we don't, I don't need that when I'm at work. Or leave you know that I fish like, at home. I feel like we can even add spicy food to that because I mean, coming from from New Orleans where we everything is spicy, and then work working and living in New York where there are a lot of you know Caribbean and and Latin foods being being consumed at work. Yeah, anytime somebody heats up some curry or, you know, something slathered in grease or something, you smell that all day long. Um, okay. There's actually a yellow stain in the carpet in my office from where somebody spilled curry on the carpet. And I just could imagine what it smelled like when it, when it was spilled. Like, the entire office probably s smelled the entire day. Like, right. I mean... Well that I'm might be a little to... controversial so <laughs> fish what? is one thing i mean the spices and the food i mean you know you know it's like if this is your culture and this is what you eat it's like eh. i agree i agree however fish i think we all need to be conscious that we we actually are doing this at work you know right. it's, and everybody you know, else like, has to smell it it's somebody else because some people not, not are not yourself yeah, some people are not used to it. I get what you're saying. Some people are yeah. not used to the smell of curry. And there's 
it would be different if you could contain the smell so other people but there's nothing you can do right. to contain that smell and if i if i'm adverse to that to that scent there's nothing i can do to get rid of it because right. it's like or get out of it it's not like i can leave my desk for two hours until the smell dissipates and then come back and work all right uh my next pet peeve is people that ask about an email that they sent within five minutes of sending it i don't know how you people think that the world works but when you press send i feel like there's an unwritten rule there is a a, a, an invisible book of etiquette of outlook and common sense i mean this this is true also but if you send someone an email, at least give them 15 minutes because you don't know what they're doing. You don't know what they're in the middle of. You don't know if they even want to talk to your raggedy ass. Hello. Or they may have read your email and deemed that it does not need a response. Whatever the case may be, just a, a rule of thumb. Give it at least 15 minutes before you calling somebody or you stomping your goddamn feet going down the office hallway to go ask them about an email that you just sent them like calm the hell down now running down a hallway to my desk while the the notification is still 75 percent opaque on my right like the message hasn't even finished downloaded to your damn outlook inbox and here they go did you get my email and i sit there and look dead in the face no i didn't Give it 15 minutes. Give it 15 minutes. Now, if they're expecting the email or if y'all are in the middle of a conversation and you're like, well, let me email this to you real quick so we can continue the conversation, that's different. Like, use your judgment. But if you cold cock sending someone an email out the blue, don't come stomping or don't come tapping your fingers on the instant messenger. Don't come slapping your fingers on the goddamn phone asking them whether or not they got your email and it's barely even sent from your side. So right. what is what are what are some of your it doesn't even get sent, sent directly to your brain? Like, give me a break. One of well, because I have my, more, but oh well, listen, I I have yeah, pages, but I think <laughs> one of my favorites is the people who always got some shit to complain about, but they do zero percent when it comes to suggesting a way to fix what they're complaining about don't come Come complaining me about complaining me to me about a process or a a policy or you know you mad because you gotta you gotta come in early to do one simple thing but you never have a a way to fix the problem you never Mm -hmm. say you know i have a hard time working around this so I think maybe we should try to do it this way instead. Or, you know, if something doesn't work for you in terms of just like general housekeeping things, have a discussion with with your manager about it. You know, that's mm-hmm. why open door policies exist, not to, for you to go and tell them that you need to take off on Tuesday. Tell them that this doesn't work for you and you want to work with them to find a way to solve it. I think that I think that leads to a lot of people getting I guess to the getting to the point where they want to leave or they're just over the over the job and don't want to put in any more effort just because they don't they don't deal with the issues but they just want to complain about them. And right. along that same vein, 
my uh, one another peeve of mine is when you have an employee or a coworker or whatever that is always bitching and moaning about, oh, well, I don't, you know, we don't make no money. I want to raise. I need to do. I need more money. I don't make enough money in my job. But when you ask them to, to do something a little outside, a little bit outside of their normal scope of work. Or if you ask for them to change a process, that includes maybe one or two marginal steps where they could actually learn or develop their skill set to do something more or to earn a promotion, they scoff at it. I know that's too much work. Or we don't want to have to do this. This is extra. Why do we have to go through all of this? This is too much work. And, you know, and I'm like, well, how can I know what you're capable of if you're never willing to go outside of what you're what you normally do because this after a certain amount of years what you're currently doing becomes almost second nature so i don't know if that's is that all you can do can you do more let me give you something to see how much you can do but if you don't want to do it don't come asking me for extra money don't come asking me for promotions (laughs) when you can't even show me that you can excel in your current position hello all right. One of uh, another one of my pet peeves is, and this will be quick. We can we can make some of these pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Meetings that could have been an email. <laughs> um, I don't know why people like to get together. I get the the face to face factor, but a lot of times y'all just want to sit up and talk, and I don't have the time because I don't want to sit up here and talk to you. I don't want to sit up here and look. At, this could have been a fucking email. Definitely just saw, finish one of those. My boss emailed me something about, you know, something that I've, I've done at least every year since I've been there. And then he schedules a meeting that goes, a meeting to discuss it. And I instantly replied. I said, this is all we need to do. Step one and step two. And I, ha- I didn't accept the meeting. I'm just going to wait for him to not to cancel it because I'm not going to that. I'm not going to this meeting. Because right. I don't have time to tell to sit in a meeting for thirty minutes to tell you what I just sent you via email. Two sentences cut thirty minutes out of my schedule. Mm-hmm. You know that drives me nuts. So listen, that's definitely at the top of my list. <laughs> Another one of mine is um, meetings that keep you during lunch hours, but they do not provide lunch. Now, let me say this: some people go to work. And they have this thing where they don't need to eat. They can work through lunch, all of that. And all of that is cute for you. However, the way my body is set up and the way my blood sugar is set up, I need to eat. And if you are going to encroach on my lunch time, even it doesn't even have to be about food. But mm-hmm. if you're going to encroach on my time, that is my time during the day when I got to sit up here and be with you motherfuckers. I'm going to need some compensation for that. Either I'm leaving early or you going to provide lunch like. I worked at one company right. where that was a rule. It was like, do not have a meeting during lunch hours if you're not going to provide lunch. Like, that's just rude. It's just inconsiderate as hell. And because my, never mind, I'm not even going to get into that. Um, yeah, I typically so, just go to see. lunch before or after the meeting because it's not, I'm, my lunchtime is my lunchtime. Right, but that's things like you. With or without you. Right. But you throwing off people's schedule and stuff because you just have to have this meeting, which most of the time it's a meeting that we do not need to have a meeting for. 
mm-hmm. but if you're gonna do that then you need to go and make sure you get the clearance that i mean at least get a motherfucker get get a bitch a box lunch or something get a bitch a sandwich or something not like shit it's not that difficult and it's not that expensive and if you don't if you cannot incur the cost then you need to have your meeting at a different time like don't encroach on people's time during the day that is to that is for them we all get a lunch break for a reason and a lot of times it's so that we can get away so that we don't end up slapping somebody or busting somebody upside the head with the stapler anyway Mm-hmm. So the next one is uh, people read white men and Republicans that talk politics at work. I don't want to hear it. I do not want to get into a situation where I can no longer respect you or look at you or stand to be around you because your politics do not mesh with my existence. And I think we can leave it at or at least I can leave it at that. I mean, I don't I'm I think I even had to tell somebody like, in the interest of us being able to maintain a positive working relationship where we can't talk about politics anymore so yeah, you go like, your way and i will go mine have a policy that you don't fucking talk about politics at work that shit is like it, it can create a hostile work environment because you know it's somebody wants to look up and say they're a trump supporter and it's exactly it's all you ain't you don't want to even talk to this you don't want to send this bitch an email no more you know what i mean so it's like girl, exactly at home you know yeah that's a mess uh, let's see. Next one. Um, people that want to ask you a bunch of questions, or they have, or they have a bunch of urgent needs, when they know it is time for you to leave. Listen, let me tell you. If you see my purse on my motherfucking shoulder, don't ask me shit. Don't ask me a bunch of questions. Don't ask me about what about this, what about that. Did you do this? Did you do that? When it is time for me to go, it is time for me to go. You know it's time for me to go. I know it's time for me to go. Get out of my face and let me book it. Uh, Let's see. Next one. uh, People asking me to do things 50 million miles outside of my job description. Now, I say that to say it's not not like you were saying where it's like okay i'm just trying to see if you can do more it's more of a thing where it's like okay well here's a bunch of menial tasks that i don't want to do so i'm gonna ask you because i feel like you're here for that reason no i'm here to do my own work just because you have tasks that you don't want to do that does not mean you go off putting them off on other people right now that's different from delegating if you have people that you can delegate tasks to that's one thing but if we are both on the same level and you just decide well i don't want to go through all these documents and scan this stuff so i'm why don't you know you do it and it's like no bitch you do it i have my own fucking work to do like my job description does not include doing my work and yours get your shit together with your lazy ass right uh let's see Uh, i got two more um, when people do 95% of a task and then they want to dump it on you to finish, it's like, why not finish strong, ho? Like, you've already done all of the motherfucking work. Why would you bring this shit to me at the last minute? Be like, oh, well, I've already done this and this and this and this and this. Can you just send the email? Because I don't have time. Pardon me. I'm sure that in the time it took you to get up out of your seat and come and ask me to do this, that email could have been done and sent. So who is you playing with, ho? Exactly. Who was you playing with? Yourself. Because you show. I'm, I, don't do that. I hate that shit. Finish strong. 
Um, and my last workplace pet peeve. I mean, I mean, like you said, we could go on and on and on and we and on about this. But I, my last one is grown men peeing on the motherfucking floor at Wait, work. Let me, let me tell you four things about you, it. filthy bitches. You nasty mofos. I can only imagine what the house like, what your house is like. You come to work just rant, just freely peeing on the motherfucking floor. I do not understand it. I said this on Twitter and I will say it again because I stand by. You go to work, you have a whole urinal. You can walk up to that bitch. You can practically stick your dick in it and the, the urine will go directly from you to the drain. There is no excuse for you to be peeing on the fucking floor at work. And you do that shit, you do not deserve the privilege of being able to pee standing up. You nasty ass motherfuckers. Exactly. And I'm like, I can't understand how how these men get paid every day to do a job, but they can't even point they can't they can't even get their aim right. Like, can you do you do you know how off putting it is to like be at work and it's like okay this is like the manager several layers up and this motherfucker is like peeing on the fucking floor Listen. in front of the urinal it's like like how do excuse, you like, what how do you, you function reach go to a toilet because or, the thing is it happens too much you gotta know you gotta know that something is wrong here how does this happen day in and day out every damn day and it's more than one of you motherfuckers in here it's like there's no reason why the cleaning people should be going through gallons of bleach a week because y'all peeing all over the fucking floor and they got to get it get the clorox on that shit that is ridiculous so that is that's the workplace pet peeves i just get get y'all shit together at work um, okay, so we're running a little bit low on time, so let's wrap things up. So let's go through the queer query real quick. Okay. Um, uh, oh, may need to shorten this a little bit. Okay, so the first thing is, if you could star in a movie, what kind would it be? I think it would be one of those, I think it would be something like Inception or The Butterfly Effect. Something kind of sci-fi-y, you know alternate universe type of thing okay i agree i didn't think of that but i agree but i think my one of my main things would be either like a superhero movie or like a pure action movie with no romantic subplot or the hero's mm-hmm. family being killed to spur all of that but like i don't care about none of that like let's just get to the action let's just blow some shit up but for a reason you know okay yeah um let's see Next question. You've got $1 million tax-free for 24 hours. What do you do? I pay off all of my bills. I buy a house. And I invest the rest. Pretty much the same. I said I'm buying a house in cash. I'm buying as many franchises as I can because my money got to make money. And, of course, you know, pay off pay off debt. Okay. Next question. What TV show could you watch over and over and not get tired of it? Goddamn 227. Come on, 227. I was watching um, it last night. I said, uh, let's see, Golden Girls, Burn Notice, and Charmed. Don't even get me started about Burn Notice. It took me it took me almost a year to watch the last episode of Burn Notice. I just, I mean, I, so many things. 
yeah, about I that just show. rewatched the whole the whole series from. Uh, I, I don't have I don't one. have it in me. Like I I quit I I rage quit TV shows because they stress me out. Like, um, mm-hmm. and I was stressed watching Quantico. It too. I rage quit. Like, <laughs> I on, I had I didn't get past like this is the fourth episode of the second season because I, it's it got too stressful. So yeah, Burn Notice is definitely one of those. I probably would actually watch that again. And who doesn't love Golden Girls? But yeah, that's I yeah. love I that's I would put that on my list too. Okay. Okay, next question. What's your dream job? My dream job is a job where I run the company. Oh, come on. Big boss. My dream job is something where I get paid a good amount of money to do nothing or to sleep. <laughs> That's right. Like, I just want to make money to be alive. <laughs> How can I do NASA this? Actually, hired was hiring for somebody to to. Um, I think they they had to stay in bed for like six months. That might be extreme. Anyway, okay. Uh, last question. You know, I like to throw this little wild card in. I like to play the fuck Mary kill game. So we're gonna do fuck Mary kill light skin rapper edition. Oh so, God! <laughs> get with it. Fuck Mary Kill, uh, Drake, T.I. Nelly. Fuck Nelly, Mary Drake, Kill T.I. That Same. was easier than I thought. Same as fuck. I'm sorry, T.I., but you got to, you're going to have to get under one, two, three, four, five, six feet. I'm sorry. Yeah, you just going to have to go ahead. You can read the, you can read the, the, the sorrows to the rest of the girls at the cemetery because I don't yeah. have time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely fucking Nelly and Mary and Drake. Okay, so with that being done, that concludes another episode of Gay Side Stories, my queers and my allies. Thank you so much for listening. Naj, why don't you remind the people where they can find you? Um, My Twitter name will be in the description. Sure will. And your Instagram. And my Instagram. And you can always find me there. Um, I'm most active on Twitter because my life is not interesting enough for Instagram. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't even have a Snapchat on my phone. But you can always find me saying some reckless shit on Twitter. So, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. look forward to seeing you there. Okay. Well, you guys know where you can find me. I'm Trillificent pretty much everywhere. Gay Side Stories pretty much everywhere. Uh, I want to do a quick couple of shout outs i want to shout out to the crystal clear podcast uh, i just recently started listening to that and i like what you're doing there and i also want to give a, a big shout out to beauty jackson of the good and terrible show i am so so glad you and siege are back my podcasting fairy godmothers uh can't wait to see what you guys do the first episode had me cracking up i was trying not to bust out bust out laughing at work Cause I don't need my boss asking me no other questions because she already know I can't stand her motherfucking ass. Um, I actually love Mel on the Bad Advice Show. At Bad Advice Show, uh, her Sarone and Baker Vaughn are actually hilarious, yeah. and that's that's the, definitely the show where I have to like stifle my laughs because some <laughs> of the shit they say is just, just reckless. off the wall. But I yeah. love it. Yeah. So shout out to yeah. you. 
shout out to them shout out to the coast of the podcast network um of course i could not have the show uh in without shouting out you Naj, for the sounds of the stories playlist i know you recently updated that um i haven't had a chance to go back and listen to it just yet because i've been just binging a bunch of podcasts but you guys make sure you check that out on soundcloud as I said before, make sure that you are sharing this podcast with someone. If you like it, if you love it, please give me a review. You can email me stories or if you just want to talk, if you have feedback, all of those good things. And as always, you guys, I say this every week. Make sure that you protect all of your walls or they will crumble and you will be out here looking like boo-boo the damn fool. Amen. 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 And we are out. <laughs>